Om Namo Narayanaya. This is a recording of a talk of James Swartz on the Bhagavad Gita at Yoga Vidya Bad Meinberg near Hanover in Germany. Oh, I'm sorry. I, di I didn't realize about the time. Um, it's, it's probably it's probably too uh, too late to um, take up this whole topic of the unconscious, which is the next topic. It's a big topic. And uh, so maybe we should do some Q&A. Does anybody have any questions so far about this? Yeah, uh, Ehud? Uh, I wanted to ask a question about, about the death you talked about before. Death, yes. Um, it's bothering me somewhat. Uh-huh. You said the body is born and dies. Okay, you okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> but like on a real simplistic level, there's someone in your family, you communicate with them, you have an interaction, and then, like, they're old, they die. For all practical purposes, they're not there anymore. Their personality, or whatever you want to define it, is yeah. gone, you can't talk to them. There's some sort of loss there. How, how can we, like, well, Vedanta, well explain this? Well, that, that's a subtle body, and that's born and dies. The person, the person that you are communicating with, this is very, that's a good question actually. Uh, it gets into this issue of awareness and reflected awareness. I wanted to kind of save it, but never mind. Um, what is the person, what is it that you're actually communicating with? Is, is what you're communicating with a person out there? Or are you communicating with the thought of the person in your mind? There's two aspects to this. One is your subjective experience, and the other is the objective thing called a person. Is there actually an objective thing called a person outside? that you're actually communicating with. Now, for example, um, let's take the chair. Now, how do I know the chair? How do I know that chair? Through my senses, right? I can feel the chair. But am I feeling the chair? My hand is here. Am I feeling the chair? No. I'm not. I'm feeling what? The qualities of the chair. <coughs> but this is a, an instrument of knowledge. The skin. And the skin gives information of textures and touches. It just has one very limited field. Yeah, huh? So I'm not even, I'm only experiencing that part of the chair that this sense organ is capable of revealing, aren't I? When I look at the chair, huh, you say, I see the chair. Do you see the chair? You see the whole chair? You don't see the whole chair at all, do you? You see the front of the chair, you don't see the back of the chair. 
And do you see the actual chair? No, you see only the color with the eyes, don't you? The eyes can't tell you what the chair feels like, or smells like, or tastes. The eyes can only tell you the color of the chair and the shape of the chair, and only a part of the shape of the chair and the of the chair because you can only see what. So when you're experiencing a physical object, are you actually is are you actually experiencing the object, or are you experiencing the sensations that the sense organs, huh, are producing when they come in contact with the object? And what is it, huh? What is it that's causing your mind to interpret this object the way it's interpreting it? Because somebody else will reports their feeling of the chair, it may be completely different from your feeling, won't it? Won't, wouldn't it? Even though the chair is the same. Hmm? Another person could feel it, and they will describe it differently, won't they? Why is that? Because, because what? The experience of the chair is not the experience of the chair. The experience of the chair is what? The experience of the thought or the idea of the chair in your mind. But, but that leads me to another question. Then how can we have what is called consensus reality? For instance, uh, yeah, that's... I look at the television screen and I see Angela Merkel. And somebody else will look at that same screen. I don't have to tell them that's Angela Merkel. They know already no, somehow. No, no, how, how could right. that be? No, that, no that, that Ishwara does that. That's called Ishwara Shristi. Ishwara Shristi is what? The, the mind that creates all the objects. That's objective reality. We call that Vyavaharika Satyam. Vyavaharika Satyam is an empirical reality. That's the world of, of, of rules and laws. Everybody understands that. You know, everybody agrees the sun is shining, don't they? Does anybody say the moon is shining? No, everybody says the sun is shining. Everybody, does anybody say that Ramji is not talking? No, everybody agrees Ramji's talking. That's consensus reality. We all agree that that's, huh? That's objective reality. That, huh? That's not created by me. By by James or, or Ram or whoever I am, whoever, whoever this person is. When you say Angela Merkel, yes, everybody agrees that's, that that name, Angela Merkel, but when you ask what Angela Merkel means, to a thousand people, you're going to get a thousand different answers, aren't you? So the consensus reality is, is what? It's just an understanding of what the senses huh, and the mind reports when the mind is clear or whatever. It's just what we call objective reality. Then there's what? There's another dimension of, real, of reality that's called Pratibhasika Satyam. Pratibhasika Satyam is what? The subjective reality. This is the jivas, the individual's interpretation of what is experienced. What is experienced is what? Is Ishwara. The sun, the moon, the stars. Everybody has the same body. 
five elements. Body's made out of food. Huh? That's objective. Now, what does that mean to me? That's called, huh? That's called Jiva Shristi. That's the creation that I'm creating here. Now, I won't have feel a connection with your friend that died, will I? Why not? Even though I may have seen that person, I, I won't, when they die, I might not feel anything, will I? So where was that person actually existent for you? Where were you actually experiencing the object, the person? Subjectively. Now, what is it that you were experiencing then? See, we're saying there's no objective reality apart from your interpretation of it. Huh? Understand? As far as the jiva is concerned. From Maya's point of view or from Ishwar's point of view, everything is set up. Everything's the same. Everything's eternal. It's always the same. Fire is always hot. Water's always wet, huh? The sun goes up and down, huh? A dog is always a dog, a cat is always a cat, sugar's always sweet, hmm? Time exists, space exists, all that, all of that, what is eternal. And jiva is what? Consciousness appearing in here covered by maya, and so that, that jiva, huh, is interpreting what it experiences. Now, when you're experiencing me, what are you experiencing? My body? What, what actually are you experiencing? And everybody's going to be experiencing me differently, aren't they? That means you're going to be creating me in your mind. Huh? One person will say, I really like that Ramji. He's a great guy. He's really nice. Another person will say, I don't like that guy. He's arrogant. He's got an edge. He, I don't like him. There's something wrong with him. Huh? Are they both talking about the same object? Well, they seem to be talking about the same object, but they're not talking about me at all. They're talking about their interpretation of me. So everything that you perceive or feel or experience is what? It is experienced or perceived through a filter. It's experienced in you. Now, how far is that person from yourself? You know the glasses, the the, the famous glasses teaching, huh? How many of you have heard the location of objects teaching? Oh, not eh, most everybody. Huh? Okay, I don't know. For the sake of you people who haven't, we'll, we'll do it quickly. Where, where are you experiencing the, this, this scripture? <coughs> here? Are you experiencing it here in my hand? Come on. <laughs> Say yes or no. How many think you're experiencing it here in, in my hand? There's one. 
Other, some of them are clever. You don't want to get caught, <laughs> but you actually do think that you're uh, you're experiencing it in my, in my hand. Oh, yes, yes, you are. Yes, okay, you are experiencing it in my hand. If what, it, depending on who you are. If if it's in my hand, who are you? Body. Body. Because if you're the body, then it's here in my hand. Then, huh? But isn't your body an object just like this? Huh? So where are you experiencing your body? Body is the same degree of reality is this paper. So where are you experiencing the paper or, and the body? In your mind. You have a paper thought, a scripture thought, or a body thought, don't you? See, you're never... a. Where are you experiencing the chair? Over here? No. You're experiencing the chair thought in your mind. And the chair thought is the experience of the chair. It's just science. It may be difficult to get, but just you have to think about it a little bit. The experience of the chair is the experience of the thought of the chair in your mind. The experience of Ram is your, the experience of what? The wrong thought in your mind plus what? Plus a like or a dislike. Hmm? One person likes wrong and the other person doesn't like wrong. Both experience wrong, but what? But what that experience means, what is filtered through his or her likes and dislikes. So what I'm actually experiencing is my like or dislike, my what? I'm ex my experience is actually my filter of, it, of what? Of pure experience. There's just a pure experience of this with no interpretation in a baby, for example. A baby will see this, but a baby will not interpret this. A baby won't think this is a good scripture or a bad scripture. A baby might try to eat this. Huh? Or it may shit on it. Who knows? Who, huh? Because a baby isn't interpreting that. So, oh, that's a holy book. I shouldn't shit on it. Huh? So where is this person that you're communicating with? that appears and disappears. When the body of that person was there, when that person was in the body, hmm, you could imagine that you were actually talking to somebody there. But when, what, the body died, the consciousness didn't go anywhere, the jiva moved on to a new body, and since you didn't have the body there to invoke the thought, then it seemed like the person was gone. Because the thought was gone. 
Because the body is just a symbol that invokes what? The consciousness in the form of this jiva. And it looks like the jiva has moved on to another place. And in terms of this reality, the jiva has moved. Or seemingly moved. In other words, <coughs> when that body drops off, if the jiva has unfulfilled karma, then what will happen? It will pick up a new body. It will move to a new body. Actually, it doesn't move to a new body, but it seems to move to a new body. It just creates a new body out of matter, according to the vasanas that it has, the karma that it has, and then it continues its journey in, in a different place, in a different time. Understand? So, what died? There's a feeling of loss because the body's gone. But, like when you love your wife, now your wife's not here, and you love your, I don't know if you do or not, but if you do, love your wife. <laughs> not telling. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, well, it's not. Yeah, that's right. Thank God. Yeah, I'm not Ajishanti or Gangaji. I'm not going to get you up on the, in the hot seat and hold your hand and talk about your problems here. So it's fine if you love your wife or you don't love your wife. But let's say you love your wife or your child or your kids or whatever. Now your wife and your kids are not here, are they? And when you're listening to this, are you loving your kids? When we're actually a few minutes ago, we're meditating and we're really deep into this Satya Mitya. Where was your wife and your kids? Where were they? They were as good as non existent, weren't they? They didn't exist for you. Because your mind wasn't what? Thinking about them. What? Well, well, during the break, maybe your mind. My, my mind goes in the thought of your wife comes and then what happens? Then love comes. Because your wife, relationships are all symbols of love and the self is love. So then you feel love when you think of your wife. She's just a symbol that invokes your love. But only when you think about her. When you're not thinking about her, she's virtually non-existent. Hmm? Why, you know, my wife, I, I, I got so hung up in everything, I didn't send an email to my wife. She, you know, just, that's only 24 hours since I didn't send an email. But she wants to make sure I'm thinking of her. So <laughs> when I open the, my, my email, then what do I get? Uh, what happened? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I was thinking of her, but I was just incapable of getting to that communication device in time to actually, you know, send the message to invoke that thought which would remove her doubt about me. That was all. So where are these people that you're experiencing? You're experiencing this in your mind. The, they call it the subtle body. The subtle body is the instrument of experience and knowledge. This is where you experience things purely and where you gain knowledge of them. And, and unfortunately, between this pure experience here 
and and this pure awareness here, there's a filter. That filter is called Maya or ignorance. Huh? And that causes, and that's made up of your interpretation of your past experiences, which is again, your interpretation of what happened to you is again conditioned by your ignorance of yourself. So basically your ignorance is causing you to what? Interpret objects. And you think that the object is actually like your interpretation of it. The object may be what you think it is, but it usually isn't. If your mind is completely clear, then what? If somebody, then you can see what another person is clearly without projection. But if you're, huh? normally in unevolved people, all they see when they see other people is their idea of that other person. Now, just to conclude this idea, when, where, or, or, how is this thought known? How is this thought, wife, kids, Ram, scripture, book, body, how, are, how is any thought known? Do thoughts know themselves? Huh? No, why not? Because thoughts are inert. Thoughts are matter. Thought, a thought is the, has the same degree of reality as a chair. It can't think. It does, it's not conscious. So, how is a thought known? It's illumined by consciousness. The thought, which is inert and insentient, the wife thought, the body thought, the scripture thought, the dog thought, the cat thought, any thought. And experience is what? Just consciousness plus the thought that's playing in your mind at any moment. That's all your experience is. It's never more than what? The thought that's playing in your mind at the moment. And you never have more than one experience at any time because only one thought appears in the mind at a time. The mind is only capable of thinking one thought at a time. So, experience is awareness plus a thought. In other words, the thought is inert and material, but when consciousness, and then it appears in awareness, and then what does it become? It becomes known. It's not known before. Awareness has nothing to know unless there's a thought. Awareness knows itself. Okay? Awareness knows itself, but it doesn't know anything else but itself. And then when a thought comes, what does it do? It knows itself plus the thought. And consciousness or awareness plus a thought is called experience. Now, where is that thought occurring? Where is it occurring? Outside of consciousness? Huh? Is it flying in from some other parallel reality? Is there another world somewhere that that thoughts come flying in and then it sticks in front of consciousness 
and then consciousness knows it. Thoughts are just made out of existence, aren't they? And existence, there's not two existences, are there? Is there two existences? It's not two existences. Existences is one. There's only one existence. And that existence we've determined is consciousness, so what? So thoughts are not coming from a parallel reality, from a different dimension or a different universe or some other place. What thoughts are, what are created, are generated out of consciousness. By what? By the power of Maya, Ishwara. Maya, what? Generates these thoughts out of itself. It's a spider in the web, huh? This is the teaching we use to explain the non-duality of consciousness and matter. Where is the web, the spider's web coming from? The spider. And where is the intelligence that the spider uses to create the web? Where is that coming from? The spider. So the spider is both the material for the creation, for its web, and it's the intelligence that what? Creates the web. It's called the Naimittakarnam, that's the intelligence, and the Upadhanakarnam, the matter, what? It creates experience. Experience is just a web of relationships, a web of thoughts, a web of objects. So, how far then is the web from the spider? How far is the, huh, is the chair from the wood? How far is the wave from the ocean? Or the gold from the ring? Not far at all. Not far. In fact, what? The, the thought of that person is what? Is just your own self taking the form of that thought of that person. So is that person ever apart from you? Are you actually experiencing any other thing than yourself when you're loving that person? No, you're not. It looks like you're experiencing someone else. That's what Maya does. Maya makes it look like the person is separate from you, different from you, apart from you. Maya, a, reality is non-dual. You can't split it. It's flat. <laughs> That's a non-dual means. There's no separation. But what does Maya do? It it's apparently divides consciousness into a subject and an object. And when you have division, you have separation obviously is the same and then what then the uh, the subject and the object are what apparently different they're in different times and they're in different places time and place space are just what ways in which we measure the apparent distance between the subject and the object it's either 150 miles to berlin or it's three hours. Take your pick. 
Berlin's three hours, Berlin's 150 miles. They're just ways of what? <coughs> Discussing the relative differences that appear in the apparent reality. So you're never experiencing anything but yourself. So that person that you're experiencing is what? Is just you. And you think that person, right? it's love. Because you love that person. And so when you love that person, you're just experiencing your own love. Because the self is parama prema swarupa. Its nature is what? Love. Fullness, love, completeness. So any object that you have that you huh that invokes that love, you say, I love that object. But you don't love the object, you love the self. And it looks like you love the object. When the body that that produces the 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 knowledge of that person disappears, huh, then it seems like that person has disappeared. But when you think of that person, you, the love comes right back, doesn't it? Hmm? The person's body is not required for love of that person. So actually all you ever loving is just yourself in the form of various objects. That's it. And the, the objects that you're hating is just yourself hating yourself in the form of another object, that's all. There's nobody other than you. That's it. That's what non-duality means. But it certainly looks like there is somebody else, <laughs> that there is something else. It certainly looks that way. Yes, ma'am. Uh, but uh, I think there's one fundamental problem because um, there's a body needed to experience the self. Oh, no. That is a fundamental problem. No, you don't need the body to experience the self. You need the self to experience the body. The body, the body can't experience anything because the body's matter. Experience is, is consciousness plus matter. The body is just inert. The body's not real, it's made out of food. The body's only food. The body doesn't think, the body doesn't feel. It seems to move, but it only seems to move because there's some conscious power inside it that's causing it to, to move, but it isn't actually even moving. No, you no, you don't. That's that idea that you have we call viparaya. Maya reverses the relationship between consciousness and the body. So it looks like the body is necessary to experience consciousness, but what? Consciousness is necessary to experience the body. That's that, huh? So that's called viparaya. We have technical terms for it. I'm not going to load you down with too many technical terms. If we had a lot of time and I was teaching you for over a period of six months or a year, then I'd ask you to learn these, this terminology. Because they're beautiful terms and it explains it in this science. How it is that Maya reverses the relationship between the subject and the object. 
So it looks like the object is the subject and the subject is the object. No, the body is matter and it depends upon consciousness. And consciousness is free and eternal and it doesn't depend upon the existence of the body. So when your body dies, you, you're experiencing consciousness. Always. You're experiencing consciousness now. But it looks like you need the body to experience the consciousness. And when you... This is why we spend a lot of time... If you read Panchadasi, I have a new text coming out. And we have a... Uh, there's a video on it from Trout Lake you could also get. Uh, if you analyze the way the body is made, constructed, you analyze the creation of the body, then you'll see that the body isn't consciousness. But that's a very detailed and long and technical analysis that we're not going to go in in the Gita because the Bhagavad Gita is an introductory text. Arjuna's, he's not ready. Arjuna's just got emotional problems. <laughs> Arjuna's got a fundamental basic confusion problem. He, he's not ready to hear about this analysis of why the body is matter and can't know consciousness. Although it's common sense, isn't it? If your body's made out of food, is your body made of anything but food? No. Does food know anything? No. But you know the food, so there you are. <laughs> and if you want all the technical arguments, well, we can give you the technical arguments. We can show you, teach you that very carefully, how that is, matter came out of consciousness, and when it comes out of consciousness, it no longer is conscious. It loses its power of sentiency. It doesn't stop being consciousness, but it appears as existence. And existence and consciousness are one, so you can see consciousness, what? in the chair as the existence aspect of the chair. It's very, it's, it's a little beyond this topic here. So anyway, I think it's about dinner time. Huh? Did I, did I get your question or no? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry it takes so long. I can't just answer. That's the thing about these questions. We can't just say yes or no and this or that. Huh? It doesn't work that way. We have, to, we have to give you the whole big picture every time, explain in detail. And so you can see, because you know, we're just looking at it from the point of view of consciousness, from the science of consciousness. Vedanta is the science of consciousness. It's the knowledge of consciousness. How consciousness, what it is and how it works, what the relationship between spirit and matter is. That's what we're talking about. Consciousness is, matter is consciousness, but consciousness is not matter. So that's called satyamitya. Again, we'll, as we slowly work on this this week, it will become more and more clear to you. So, so we'll have a bite to eat and um, a return to the text. Uh, we'll discuss the unmanifest or Ishwara or the causal body next, because that's the next topic. That's verse... I can't read it. No, twenty something eight. Verse twenty-eight. Talk about it then. So, see you at seven.
So we go from five, three thirty to five thirty. I forgot to have my break. <laughs> Somebody's got to remind me. Okay, ring a bell or, or yeah, Beta Murphy, you do that. Shake your finger. <laughs> point like this. Go like this. I usually have some. Yeah, time out. Time out. Because <laughs> I just get carried away. I forget. And I can sit here for hours talking. Thank you for listening to the talk of James Wards on the Bhagavad Gita, recorded at Yoga Vidya Bad Meinberg near Hanover in Germany. More information on shiningworld.com and yoga-vidya.org.